and welcome to Season 2, Episode 13 of the Sajin Photography Podcast. My name is Jason Teal, and today we're going to be talking about some of the film photos that I've taken over the last little while in this kind of conglomeration of the Picture This episode. So I'm not going to be really focusing on one photo in particular, but just the photos that I have taken. So if you can conceptualize that, then we're good to go. Now, before we get into that particular segment, I do want to give a huge shout out to the people that have supported me through the Buy Me A Coffee link that you sometimes see down below these podcasts. Now, I have to admit, the last few months, say six months to a year in general, I think it's been hard on all of us, but it hit me particularly hard because at the beginning of 2020, I transitioned from uh, teaching at an actual school or university into sort of a freelance gig for business English and photography. With the COVID hitting, well, you know how that went. I lost pretty much every job and every gig that I had, even one that was going to be incredibly lucrative and a big boom to my career. And that was going to be working with one of the film associations here in Ulsan, but it was a chance to actually network and mingle with Ambassador to Korea from Canada. So I guess I would mean the Canadian ambassador and a lot of things like that. In 2020, it was all gone. And just as I thought things couldn't get any worse, as you've heard in previous episodes, my father died. And I basically had to cut the last couple of months of my income to fly back to Canada to take care of things there. What that meant, though, was that when I started off in 2021, I was basically back at zero, facing the fact that after almost 20 years of being in Korea, I'm going back to square one. Now, that's not such a bad thing if you've got uh, a lot of you know, businesses and investments and buildings that you've bought over the years, like some of the other guys I know here. For me, I'm just a photographer, so I count on these gigs and my classes to supplement my income. With them mostly being gone, it, it's been a tough go. Now, with getting into film photography and podcasting and things like that, a lot of this also has to be paid for, you know, for hosting and whatnot. So, Long story short, the little bit of payment that I've received from the few supporters is really appreciated because, you know, I can't really spend a lot of money these days. As you can imagine, things are pretty tight. So when people purchase a, quote, coffee, unquote, through that link, they're actually helping keep this podcast going. And that's basically it. There's not really a lot of wiggle room around that. So I do want to give a huge shout out to Ryan Bentley, who is one of the biggest supporters to date. Thank you so much, my friend. That really helps. As well as David Scott Laurie, Tom Gorski, and of course, the legendary Lee Kelly. All of these guys have pitched in to help in a little bit of a way that just helps get this podcast on the air each and every week. I'm not pushing this. I don't want to sound like I'm begging uh, or anything like that. But it's just, I, I do want to make you aware of that there are ways to help support me and keep this podcast going. Now, with that being said, going on to point number two, which was over the weekend, 
I celebrated my birthday. I am now 43 years old. And it was an interesting birthday, to say the least. I, I sort of hit me yesterday, which was why I didn't kick out this uh, podcast uh, yesterday, simply because I was waiting for that phone call that my father used to always make, you know, sort of the day after my birthday here in Korea to sort of joke about how it's really my birthday in Canada, you know, day of dad jokes, that sort of thing. So it, it really hit me sort of last night that, you know, this call wasn't going to happen. And it's it's one of these things where as you go on in life, you're going to encounter these moments where you just can't avoid them and you and you just sort of have to take them in stride. And last night, I just sort of sat there contemplating whether or not to start recording this podcast. And I just realized I needed some uh, a little bit of me time, I guess, just to sort of process everything. Over the weekend, I, I did sort of get some me time. I did sort of venture out into the rain on on my birthday to get some uh, sort of Noe Alonso style, you know, shots like that. And it, it was a good therapeutic process. So Monday today, I'm I'm kicking this out way too late, but I felt that I should really get this out and get a lot of this really off my chest before we get into the actual picture of this segment. So the first shot I do want to talk about is the cover art of this episode. And what you're looking at is a staircase in black and white. And I know that's sort of the stereotypical street photographer shot in black and white and whatnot. But as I've said in previous episodes and what I'll continue on to say, especially when I interview a couple more somewhat famous photographers in future episodes, this is actually what I had in mind when I look at shooting black and white film and playing with the light and shadows. So when I saw this particular shot, it was shot using Kentmere 400 uh, or Kentmere Pan 400, and it was taken about midday. So when the sun is at its harshest, I found that I got sort of the best quality light and shadows using this film. And really what I was going for is the pattern that you can see. Sort of there's the dark background and the sun is illuminating the, the railing there. And that's what I was aiming for. Sort of that contrast between light and dark. And again, this is sort of when I'm using black and white versus color, this is what I'm playing with. I'm not really looking for a scene to sort of stick out. I'm looking for that contrast between shadows and lights, darks and lights, because I think that black and white film, especially when it's harsh sun like that, really accentuates those contrasts. And you can really actually play around with those contrasts. And I think some of the great photographers that I've seen that shoot primarily in black and white do catch that light and dark and shadows and whatnot. And one photographer that I mentioned previously, Colin Corno, my friend from Brandon, Manitoba, he is really good at picking out these contrasts where he'll take a street scene in Winnipeg, Manitoba, which is not the most picturesque city if you've ever been there. And he can make it look like a scene from downtown Manhattan just by using that contrast. So when I'm shooting black and white, particularly in the shot that I use for the cover art, that's what I'm going for. And I think the exposure was 
set up correctly. I can't remember what the exact settings were, but again, I'm looking more for that contrast. Now, I have been using the Kentmere Pan 400 for a lot of the black and white. If I'm not using that, I'm using the, the Eelford HP5, but recently I've just had a difficult time trying to pick up cheap film and Kentmere Pan 400 was the cheapest black and white that I could find. Going on with this, why I'm shooting this style, if you, if you know my, my digital style, you know it's more uh, HDR-esque. I'm, I'm using Luminar 4 as my uh, main editor these days. It's because what I'm trying to accomplish here with my film cameras is something that I really want to reteach myself how to see photographically. And I know that that sounds ridiculously cheesy, how to see photographically. But that's the only way I can describe it. And I think it's because I've been rereading a lot of uh, David Dushman's work and especially his book, Photographically Speaking, uh, or Within the Frame. Things like that really get me thinking more philosophically about photography and dialing it back to a film camera you know, a completely manual one like my dad's Pentax Spotmatic F. It really helps you see things in and in, in frame it up the, the best that you can with a camera that's not helping you. And by that, I mean, when I've got my EOS R, it's, it's doing a lot of thinking for me. If I'm shooting in aperture priority, it's setting everything up. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, I'm not one of those like purists who buy a $5,000 camera to shut everything else off and only shoot in manual mode. I particularly like shooting in aperture priority simply because I don't want to think about anything else other than the scene in front of me. And the scene in front of me usually, especially these days, are cityscapes or seascapes where I'm using a long exposure. And I don't have to think about anything else besides what I'm trying to achieve. With the film camera, I'm having to keep my mind engaged with the exposure triangle, you know, remembering that I'm shooting, say, with like a ISO 200 color film, or in this case, a ISO 400 black and white film. And then I've got to meter it properly. So I'm using my little light meter app on my phone and then trying to then frame up the shot, get everything in focus uh, manually as well and get the right shot and hope and pray that when I send it off to film log that it comes back looking like something I wanted. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't, you know, there's these things where my mind sort of wanders and I still think that I'm shooting with a fully automatic digital camera and I get it back and I realize that I didn't focus it properly or I didn't set the exposure just right. So it's usually under or overexposed. But again, this is something that I really like to do because it keeps my brain engaged. So these days, especially when I'm sort of not feeling that creative, I'll just grab a camera and I found actually a place in Ulsan that has cheap color film, uh, not so much the black and white stuff, but uh, just a, I think it's a Photo Cola 400 and some Kodak color 200. And 
I can just grab that stuff for around 8,001 or I think it's 7,501 for the Kodak 200. And I can just grab it and wander around on my way out the door somewhere along the Tewa River here in Ulsan or wherever my mind or my feet take me, especially days like now where it's the cherry blossoms are popping and everything like that. I can really sort of work my creativity. And again, I'm not shooting for magazine covers. I'm not shooting for bragging rights about how, you know, this is a magic camera and whatnot. What I'm doing here is I'm just simply shooting for myself. Yeah, I know that, or I've probably told you in the previous episode that I do now have an Instagram account. I think most of that is just for me to get my work out there, but not in sort of a bragging rights, or I don't even expect anyone to follow that film account, but I'll link it below. (laughs) But, you know, I'm just sort of wandering around and exploring my own creativity. And I think this is something that, you know, when you're shooting a camera like the Pentax Spotmatic F or any sort of fully manual film camera, you can really experiment with. And I know what you're thinking. You're, you know, you're saying like, Jason, it's, it's you know, 8,000 won for a roll of film, probably another 9,000 won to get processed. That's a lot of money to just screw around with. And I think that's the key though, is that when you're photographing with a digital camera or your phone where you can just click away, you know, you're just sort of mishmashing it. And if you see something, oh yeah, I like that click. Oh no, it doesn't work. Delete it. With film and with that cost limitation, again, going back to the fact that I can't just fire away all willy nilly. I am sort of being selective in my shots and really thinking about what it is that I want to photograph. And these constraints, these limitations with the film, the cost, the camera, the manual, the focus, everything makes my creativity, I think, that much better because it's you're, you're just forcing yourself to come up with something within these constraints. So when you see a scene, you step back from it and you're thinking, okay, like, this is the camera I've got. This is the film that I've got. Is this shot really speaking to me? And if so, how can I accentuate it? Again, going back to the digital, what I found was that if I walk around with my digital camera or if I just walk around with my phone, I'm just spraying and praying, you know, because I'm not really engaged in the scene. I'm just trying to capture it. Some people may argue that may be more of a creative exercise, but I think the constraints here with the film are something that produces a desirable effect and especially over time where if you practice you know you'll get better at using this medium so with that being said i'm going to wrap things up and i know that i sort of shot all around the actual uh, photo today but i did want to really talk about the art of the photo more than just the photo itself and again i'm going to wrap things up next week we're going to get talking about the cherry blossoms that have just exploded all across Korea this week. Thank you so much again for the people who have supported this podcast. And I look forward to talking to you again next week. Take care. Bye-bye.